podcast is brought to you by AMBOSS, the all-in-one medical education platform that gives you easy access to all the up-to-date medical information in concise articles that you need to know as a medical student. Enjoy! So Dr. Palmer, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join Sasunda's specialty podcast series, which this week is on dermatology. And something that's come up in our course so far is some cases involving atopic dermatitis and melanoma. And when, you, um, I suppose, you refer it up from the primary care setting to the dermatologist and the differences in management between the two. And that's a really good question. There's a pretty big overlap and general practice and primary care obviously see a lot of skin issues and manage a lot of skin issues and a lot of it never gets to dermatologists. But the ones that do get referred up are usually those that either present in an unusual way or that have tried the sort of first or second line treatments and haven't haven't responded. And I guess that's where we, having specialised, have the you know more... Uh, depth of, of knowledge and experience to be able to get to the bottom of those cases and get get the treatment that, that can work and also just having that bit more time to spend with the patients to get them I guess more involved in their understanding of the treatment because generally the treatment plans are quite Involved, they can be sometimes a little bit laborious and time intensive with some of the treatments we need to get people to do, and really having the time to take people through so they understand why they're doing it and really take a bit of ownership of the the condition and the the treatment so that they understand why they're doing it. I think that helps with getting the results, and I think that's where at a at a specialty, uh, you know, at a dermatology specialty level, um, as a prize, as opposed to the primary care specialty, just having that extra extra step that we can take when they're not responding as as uh, they need to. Fantastic. So, I suppose, Dr. Palmer, what does a typical day look like for you, both in the hospital and in private consult? So, a lot of dermatologists in Australia, myself included, do a bit of combination of private uh, work and, and in the public setting. Um, and that, again, keeps it interesting. I do uh, the majority of my time in, in private and then um, a session or half a day a week in the in the public hospital, the Royal Melbourne Hospital. So the, the private setting is typically, uh, you know, I do 20-minute consults and typically with a range of conditions and people will come in, general you know history and examination fairly standard if people need biopsies they're usually done on the day so there is a bit of a, a mix of uh, presentations and then you know depending on the day sometimes surgery or laser um, as, a, as a sort of more discrete session I try and group those things for, for convenience and for running a bit more efficiently um, and then in in the public setting similar in terms of the the patient presentations but it's a lot more supervisory in terms of the, the training registrars will be typically seeing the patients and then coming and discussing it with me and then and then consulting and going in and seeing the patient and making a plan with the registrar um, and the patient all, all together. Great. So what would you say were your top would be your top presentations? So it, there's the majority of cases that we see 
uh, you know, there's acne and eczema and psoriasis, uh, rosacea, you know, they're sort of the more common inflammatory conditions that we tend to see. And then in terms of skin checks and skin cancers, there's a whole range, but I mean, there's so much sun damage prevalent in Australians, um, with actinic keratosis and basal cell cancers being really very common. Um, and then squamous cell melanomas and, and the sort of more rare, um, cancers as well, getting a bit of a look in. But yeah, the majority of a day would be, um, with either skin checks or, or those more common inflammatory conditions. And then there's, there's the rare, you know, blistering and, and autoimmune conditions as well. Um, which we still see reasonably commonly. Um, when you, all you look at is skin, you see the rare stuff, even, even the rare stuff fairly commonly, um, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mix. And what advice would you give to your younger medical student self? I think the key and what I try to do as a medical student is really be involved in as much as you can. And obviously there's a lot of pressures with time and studying and, and commitments um, to, to do everything at the level you need to get through. But at the same time, I think the more breadth you can be exposed to, the better. And I really think that the more you can throw yourself into any given specialty and keep an open mind when you're doing your studies is important. I think that the you may be surprised when you're studying you know what you think is interesting and when you start working what you enjoy they can sometimes be a little bit different and so I think that you just giving yourself the best shot at any specialty and keeping an open mind is really important um, I think it's good to be involved with committees and student bodies and AMA and or, or anything you can be involved with I think um, as well is is always a good way to to meet people um, and just get that breadth of exposure which I think is important. Fantastic and what are some misconceptions about your specialty and how would you respond to them? I think dermatology has a reputation as being fairly cruisy and I think that's mostly because there's not a lot of urgent presentations and the hours aren't horrible Um, there's, there's no denying that but the the flip side I guess is that it can be you know, as busy as you want it to be. And there is a lot of pressure because there's not as many dermatologists as we probably need. There's about 200 in New South Wales that are practicing. There's about 150 in Victoria where I am um, practicing. So with the populations and the prevalence of skin issues, the, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Now with a lot of GPs seeing a lot of skin problems, that does help. And then people will often have sort of co-management, but there are, a lot of people who need to be seen and there's a lot of pressure to, to get them through. Most dermatologists have fairly long waiting lists and so it's a matter of trying to, to balance it out so that you do see people in a timely fashion and, and you know, really whether that comes down to working longer hours or, or you know, having that co-management with the GPs or just figuring out how to balance it all up. But I think the the, the, the misconception that it's all fairly cruisy, um, you know, you, you can – you can go either way, I guess, and some people don't work as many hours and some people work, um, you know, a lot more hours and really there is room to to um, make it what, what you want it to be, but I think that it, it's not um, it's not as cruisy as people may imagine. Definitely. And lastly, obviously medicine is a continually evolving landscape. So I suppose what is new in dermatology itself at the moment? So dermatology, it's... As we get more understanding of the the depth of 
the processes, I guess, of how a lot of the inflammatory conditions work. Um, and some things we've, we've known for a long time, others where we're always learning. And the medications in particular for some of the more common conditions with uh, eczema, for example, more recently are really getting more and more targeted. So for a long time, we've treated with fairly broad uh, sort of anti-inflammatory and immunomodulating drugs like methotrexate and mycophenolate. But for, for the sort of eczema example, really getting more targeted biologic therapies like with um, dupilumab recently getting on the PBS um, is sort of getting a little bit more catch-up towards like the psoriasis space where we've had biologic targeted therapies for many years now and they have a massive impact on, on the condition and on people's lives. So they're, they're fairly exciting advances just in terms of the number of people who will potentially benefit from from those sorts of eczema treatments are, are huge. From a technology point of view, there's a lot happening in terms of with cosmetic and that side of things, there's always more lasers and, and sort of devices becoming available. Artificial intelligence is something that there's a lot of talk about in terms of uh, monitoring and diagnosis in terms of lesions and skin checks. And there are you know, the, the sort of AI supercomputers that can analyze lesions and, and diagnose melanomas and, and skin cancers um, in the sort of uh, research space at the moment. So I think in the, in the coming years, there's going to be a lot of advances and it's going to be very exciting. Is that something you might potentially be worried about, the AI? I'm not worried. I think it'll be great for patients. I think that it. some people are worried about, you know, how much will it impact on caseloads and things. I think that there's always going to be, you know, skin issues and, and AI, you know, could technically replace just about anything and anyone in the future. But I, I think from a, a diagnostic point of view, it's the, the computer's not going to sit the patient down and explain their melanoma and how you're going to treat it and, and help them on that treatment journey. Um, but I think if it helps to get more people through and if it can do a skin check and say there's nothing wrong, that's great because it'll give more time to, to treat the people that do have something that pops up on the, on the finding. So as those machines get more ubiquitous, I think as long as they're used um, appropriately, then they'll, they'll only be a positive. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Palmer, for joining us today. It was very exciting and extremely informative to hear from you. I'm sure we'll have a few people very interested in dermatology. So thank you again. Thank you. See you.